want to say it was Andrew. This was like early, early in in meeting Andrew. Oh boy. 2011, 2012, maybe. Something, something, something. Church would be so much better if there were no people in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely wrote that one down. Uh, welcome to the Monsoon Roastery Podcast. All right. Season two. Season Yay. two. New and improved. New and improved. Sound effects and music here. <laughs> <laughs> just, just yours. We are fortunate enough to be in an actual recording studio now. Yep, it's true. We sold out. We got a record deal. Yep. <laughs> Easy. Pennies uh, on the dollar mm-hmm. royalty uh, mm-hmm. for streaming, right? Yo, with Spotify, like man, if you get enough people to listen, <clears throat> it doesn't matter. Is this where the ad goes? Right here? Right here. Sponsored right. by... What are we sponsored What by? are we sponsored YouTube Red. What, what do you got over no, there? No, oh, right, right. That joke is sold season one. That <laughs> <laughs> sponsored by Sourface. Sourface, there you go. Sourface. Perfect. So who do we have around the studio? Hi, guys. It's Mary. Hey, guys. It's Rick. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> it's Tim. Hey guys. Neighborhood <laughs> <copy roster. laughs> hey guys, it's his wife. <laughs> just his wife. That's my new. I'm, I'm just going by his wife now. No, I'm kidding. It's Andrea. <laughs> hey guys, it's Mel. What's up, guys? It's Eddie Saturn. Hey guys, it's Macari. All right. Yes. <laughs> I feel like you guys are making fun of me. 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10 intro, everyone. Yeah, that was a good intro. Yeah. There we go. So we're actually in Milton's studio. Um, and maybe, Milton, you'd like to tell us a little bit about how you got here, how you got to Gasoline Alley. Okay. So I've, I've been on the street for almost five years now but I'm doing a different business so I have a mixed martial arts school but um, the recording studio has been retired after 20 years of commercial recording uh, industry musicians here in the area uh, retired it in 2016 so I went from 96 to 16 recording commercially and then um, they sold a building that the recording studio was in and I had to decide whether I wanted to do that and my martial arts school and I decided to just concentrate 100% into the school so now, four years later, four, almost five years later, I decided to go ahead and open it back up again and see if we can shop some of the catalog of material we've done over the years. Wow. Great. I love it. This yeah, place is dope. 20 years? 20 years. So yeah, I'm, I'm, on, my, I'm on my third year, uh, my third um, career, actually. Yeah. I spent 20 years doing high voltage electricity wow. with uh, what is now Eversource. They okay. Used be, they yep. used to be Northeast Utilities or Western Mass Electric. I did that underground, wow. high voltage, Whoa. meaning um, 13,000 volts electricity. So I did that for a while, retired from them. Then I, um, before I left there, I started my recording studio. And I left them in 96. I'm sorry, I started my recording studio in 96. I left them in 99. So they overlapped for a few years. And then I did 20 years of music to 2016, but I started my mixed martial arts school in 2012. So they overlapped by about four years. And now I'm semi-retired, and that's all I do is my recording, I'm out, is my, my gym, and, and now the, the new studio. So I'm very happy with my music, though. So we're, we're going to try and sell something this year. We're going to try and put something out that we can either sell to a, um, 
and like a Netflix or Hulu background music, you know, yeah, right, right, television right. program, commercials, pretty much anywhere where we can shop it. That's what we're going to do now. So we're just going over the material and see exactly what we think might fit the industry. And I already, already kind of know the answer because we, we talked briefly about the martial arts. Um, the music that I feel like we're going to be on for a while. So I want to I attack with the martial arts because that's important too. Um, I didn't realize how rich Massachusetts was with uh, martial arts. My uncle, you, you said you knew his sensei, uh, Johnson's Red Dragons and, and that camp. Uh, my uncle Jamie Cologne was, was huge in that scene. And at the time I had no idea that there were other martial arts people. So tell me about martial arts. Okay, so the Springfield, the greater Springfield area has a very rich martial arts history mm -hmm. in that there are generations of martial artists. So there's a group of um, individuals that are like the elders, um, like any other body, governing body, this gr group of elders that are all the lead instructors and that's who you're talking about. The, the Yeah, the um, Whitley's and um, Johnson um, Raven Lee and um, there's a bunch of different groups of them, Sensei Roberson, there's a bunch of them. So then they have their students. Um, my instructor had, has 14 black belts under him. So that's the second generation and that's the generation that I'm in. And then there's another generation under us that we have our own students and so there's, there's layers to that. So there are really a very rich history of martial arts in Springfield area. Lots of martial arts. And, and, if they're true martial artists, they don't really advertise it except to, to grow their school. Yep. People don't really talk about, you know, ooh, I do martial arts, or ooh, I'm a bad man. <laughs> you know, it's kind of counter, counter to what we believe. You know, it's more of a, um, a walk by honor and, you know, faith and respect and all these little things that go along with it. Not everyone does that. Some people take advantage of their, their position, but there's coaches that do that. There's teachers that yeah. do that. There are people, you know, Anyone, there are people in position that do that, so there's martial artists too, but most of them are really laid back, quiet, you wouldn't even know they, I mean, I know one that, that shops in Big Y in his uniform, but, but that's different. <laughs> <laughs> but that's different. <laughs> that guy's a little different. <laughs> I mean, he does Kung Fu, so it's not even a really, it's a really different. Yeah. Is he walking around with like a yellow tracksuit? Is he, is he that guy? He, 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 uh, he, he, he leaves his class and he goes right to so that you can shop, and, you know, and I guess he wants everyone to know. Hey, yeah, I'm that know? guy. Yeah. But other than that, no, no, it's very, mm. very down low. And as you start to talk about it, um, you'll 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 see how rich it is. But usually, people don't talk about it. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned that it was a a walk of faith, and how 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 does that? So, our our audience is used to us talking about. The, we all are kind of like church rejects at this point. Um, sorry, guys. <laughs> that's not how you see yourself. Um, but from from the Pentecostal places that we come from, like martial arts or anything that any kind of martial arts is looked upon as demonic. Mm. So how do you how do you how do you marry the two, your okay. faith and and okay? Arts? So if we I don't I don't. We're not going to go through the whole history of martial arts, but supposedly, originally, uh, a monk, an Indian monk from India, came to China. His name is Bodhidharma, and he brought a, a form of, of meditation, breathing exercises, relax, relaxation exercises. He brought those to the Chinese monks 
that were in the villages. Now, the, the monks were being robbed all the time. People were always making donations to the monasteries, and the monks were always being robbed. So Bodhidharma taught them a form of martial arts to protect themselves, and that form of martial arts spread throughout Asia. So it turned into the different types of kung fus and karates and jujitsus, and all of those things came from this one foundation of actually a very spiritual, religious man, Bodhidharma, who brought... Um, it wasn't really about fighting. It was about defending yourself, absolutely. But then even Sun Tzu in the art of war doesn't doesn't advocate war. He, he really is talking about ways to keep peace, you know, and, and if we have to go to war, let's do it where we lose as little, as few members of our body as possible. Mm -hmm. So there really is. Then, really, if we're going to go back to the martial arts that I train in and that I teach, the, the dojo floor is a sanctuary. So when you get into the building, you, you bow. To, that, that pays respect not to not to anyone in particular, but to, to just all of humanity and all of life yeah. that you say, you know what, I'm going to honor you by not trying to hurt myself, not trying to hurt anyone else today. I'm going to train very hard and make myself a better person. Uh, when I leave here, I'm going to honor, um, I'm going to be honest, you know, I'm going to be trustworthy, I'm going to be true to a, um, a way of life. Those are all things that go with martial arts, which mm -hmm. is why I love teaching it. And our youth need those things. You know, you can get it from an elder in a church, you can get it from an aunt or uncle, um, you can get it from these different people that can be mentors. Not very many people want to be mentors. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy it and I and use martial arts to get into their lives. Um, one thing that I have uh, over coaches um, and parents sometimes and relatives, because uh, my parents are constantly asking me, how do you get, how'd you get them to do that? I couldn't get them to do that. How'd you get them to do that? And my answer, my simple answer is I'm sensei. <laughs> the difficult answer is that there's no program. There's no not Ninja Turtles, not uh, Power Rangers, not Kung Fu Panda, no karate movie, nothing they've ever seen has ever told them anything but the sensei gets respect. Mm -hmm. The sensei always gets this level of honor and respect. They know that going in. What I have to do is not, not abuse that power. Mm -hmm. I have to make sure that I balance it where I show them I won't ask you to do anything I won't do and that they enjoy themselves. They still have fun because they're kids. But I use martial arts to, to get them to be more respectful, more dis disciplined, have better peer-to-peer -peer social skills. We almost guarantee everyone's going to get better grades. Unless you come in here with straight A's, your kids are going to get better grades because I see every report card. Wow. So those are things, when you say spiritual, that's what I mean. That's, that's how it can become spiritual. And actually, the foundation of it is spiritual. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's beautiful. That's fascinating, man. I mean, I, I, think, <clears throat> I think I speak for all of us where... Well, maybe now I'll speak for myself. Um, I just think that the ability for uh, leadership and influence to be used uh, in a in, in, in the interest of like bettering humanity at large, right? Whether that's like peer to peer, you know, people your age, or whether it's uh, uh, kind of stewarding a younger generation to kind of like, hey, here's the stuff that I learned from from my, you know, great leaders, I'm going to pass this down to you so that you can take that. And and <clears throat> the kind of beautiful thing is, as you were talking about this earlier, um, I'm not going to say the name right, but the, fir the, the first guy who brought, uh, what was he Bord said? Bordidama. Thank you. So in him introducing that to the Chinese folks, uh, and then they took that and, and, and remixed it, right? <clears throat> you know, kind of like what we all do with, everything right whether it's music or whether it's fashion or coffee or wine or whatever like there's always a way uh that people put the individuality into 
the, the fundamental truth within them, in this case we're talking about martial arts, and then take that and, and develop it into something new and fresh, but still keeping true to the, like, the source material, you know? I love that, man. Yeah. I love that about humans, that we can do that. Yeah. That's, over and over and over. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're good at the remix. So I, I, I thought food, you went to a whole list. Yeah, know, exactly. Food, food is yeah. the ultimate remix, you know? Ooh, mm. Everyone's going to use this, everyone's going to use that, everyone's gonna use, but I'm going to use this amount. Right. You know, I'm going to use this... So yeah, you change yeah. it up and make it yours. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. like flan. Flan is like, <laughs> like okay, okay, hear me out. It's like flan. Flan is the most remixed food. If you if you think about it, I mean, there's, there's probably something more remixed. But but hear me out. So we have creme brulee. Mm -hmm. That's flan. Yeah. That's the French twist on flan. We have the Mexican flan, which is totally different than like Puerto Rico's flan, like the Caribbean flan. Mm -hmm. Then we have. Uh, like I guess the French remix it a couple of times because there's a lot of French pastries that are like oh panna cotta for Italy. Yep, yep. I was I was I couldn't think of that. Yep, yep. The Italian and then uh, a lot of uh, again the French remixed it with the Chinese. A lot of Chinese pastries. Wow. There's like a couple different flans in in the Chinese pastries, the French Chinese. Huh. Anyway, that was just a little yeah. side thought. I, I think the ultimate remix food is rice. <laughs> Every culture has yeah. a rice dish, and they all do it a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so un unless you're talking about a p potato culture, everyone else does rice, yeah. and they all have to do it their, their way. Mm -hmm. African has fufu, which is essentially like rice. It's like yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah. The Portuguese have jag. I saw a video of someone who made fufu. It was so cool. It's, it's awesome. cool as hell. And it's 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 I haven't tried it, so I can't say it's good, but I, I hear it's good, and I'm, I want to. We should try the Is it rice together. or is it a type no. of rice? It's, it's a like type of starch. starch. Okay. It's more starch. So it's but... uh, made with so it's like couscous? plantain, like green plantains, oh, and I think okay. oh. it has it has some sort of there's rice. There's another there's another thing. Plant, yeah. Metoke. I have no idea. I think it's something I knew the name of though. There's this food in uh, West Africa that's like. It's called metoke, and it's made out of like crushed plantain plantains, and then they have this purple stuff, and I don't know what it's made of, but it's delicious. It's like a root of some sort, and they make it into like a like a mashed potato kind of. No, it's not taro. No, it's something else. You're reminding. This is a horrible sidebar. You definitely reminded me of like my mom used to make. Oh my god, I'm I'm gonna slap myself. It's um it's a dish in Spanish. It's like a paella. Bagluda, which is like oh yeah 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 like a like, like a, a root stew? potato stew. Stew. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. a lot of different types of things that are starchy mm. what well, yes root vegetables yeah. one of those things happened to be purple I forget what that thing was called I know what it is but oh, I, that was my jam I used to it's... it was pretty good <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look appealing at all it really doesn't it's like a mashed purple weird are you sure it's not taro. It's not taro. Taro's no, because taro comes. Yeah, it's yeah. from the. It's hard to get. But it's taro. basically like the same thing, right? <laughs> they're, they're, they're it's like a potato. It's, it's like, like a potato. potato. It's like, purple, it's like a purple Jamaica. potato. It's not Jamaica is is the purple like. Cause it, yeah, because it comes from Jamaica. Oh. Jamaica is like the little purple. It has another name too, but that's I was looking for something. Yeah, I'm, mm. I'm what's your What's your go to like meal? If I was if my stranded island meal is is anything seafood. Mm. I can eat seafood at least six days a week. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't I probably it's just because there's a variety. I just I wouldn't get tired of seafood. Mm -hmm. If I had to, we've we've had this conversation in my family. So it's is it either Italian or is it Asian or is it Mexican? Um, so for me, it's seafood. 
Did you grow up here in Springfield? I was born in Springfield. Grew okay. up here in Springfield. I did a whole bunch of traveling with, out of just before high school finished, and then out of high school because I was in bands, and we were trying to relocate. It was a time when we were trying to decide where the next music wave was about to, to flow out of. Mm. As it turned out, it was Seattle and the whole Pearl Jam grunge. Mm. We this is what I'm talking about is Pearl Jam and grunge when grunge North came out Atlanta. of Seattle. We actually went to Seattle. It was one of our trips because one of our our drummer, his sister, lived in Seattle. So we all, a band of about six, got to stay there for two weeks and kind of see what was going on in Seattle. Was and it a, a we grunge We could have caught band? that wave. Hmm? Was it a grunge band? No, it wasn't. Our band was really a pop uh, jazz band. Hmm. Yeah, it was a really, it was, um, we were trying to be on the radio, but at the same time, all of the musicians were gifted and we could really play. So we... We wanted to do jazz, but be on the radio. <laughs> so it was it was a combination of that's too of bad. Stuff. Yeah, instead of just boy bands. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was you know really good stuff. That's why I have my I bought the cassette, the cassette deck yeah. because all my old music is on cassette. Yeah. So I got a whole pile oh of cassettes gosh, over here. And that's, that's like a third of the pile I have. But I'm gonna be I'm gonna be getting that. I'm sorry, all of you, Mike. Um, I, I'm gonna <laughs> be listening to some of that old band stuff from back when we were you know doing um, Amher UMass, Ham you know. Hampshire and all of the all the colleges up there. Uh, we went to Chicago. We went to Minneapolis. Did the whole Prince thing. The thing the thing about Minneapolis was that when we went um, again, I stayed there for a week. We went. I opened the paper. I opened the newspaper up to see where we were going to go out and listen to music. I couldn't find a DJ. Every club was live music in Minneapolis. That's there were no DJs. <laughs> That's amazing. You want to know where, where Prince grew up? Every, every, every single club had a live band. Imagine growing up in that environment. Wow. Where you can play somewhere, pretty much. Yeah. Like someone's going to hire you eventually yeah. because it's just the outlets are all there to play. Um, but anyway, we did Minneapolis, and um, our timing was off for Minneapolis. Our so timing was really good for Seattle. We can I just jump Seattle. in real quick because I want to make sure that us, but also our audience. When you talk about we, like, what's the collective? Is there a collective that you're referring to when you refer to, like, like your boys or your band or whomever? We're talking about a band. Um, we had a couple of, of different names. Let me see if I can remember the names. But anyway, we had a drummer. I played bass. Mm -hmm. We had two guitar players, one lead and one rhythm. Nice. And we had um, Amy Denial, female saxophone yeah. player. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then the, the, the band members rotated. Sure. Only slightly, but it was basically about five people in yeah. those those instruments: bass, drums, two guitars, and something odd. Mm. And, and as it turned out, yeah. um, Amy also played guitar, and she actually played a little bit of bass too. So she was uh, um, a great person to have on stage, yeah. a female sax player. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then she would put the sax down. Like we'd come back from the break, and she'd come back with a guitar, and it would be like, "Oh snap, she's the band! Like, <laughs> <laughs> she's the she's really the band." They come to see Amy Denial. Yeah, that's why I remember her name. Okay, so uh, anyway, yes, the, that was the group. That was the group at that time when we were trying to relocate. Yeah, that was the wow. group. Uh, my myself and and the drummer Jeff, uh, Jeff Markham, uh, he and I were the the closest in a, in a band, a bass and a drum. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah they're like, yeah, they're just like uh, I don't, you know. Unless it's you're like in peanut a butter jelly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and left, you know, left foot and right foot. You don't. Yeah. If you're gonna walk, you need them both. Yeah. You know, other than that, you're hopping. You know, so you need <laughs> you need both of them working like yeah. this, and that's what the bass and the drum do in a band. They, yeah. 
So, that was Tim and Rick at one yeah. point. That's yeah. true. They would yeah. gaze into each other's eyes. Yes. Across <laughs> the stage. Yep. Yep. And laugh about and inside jokes. And always be together. And we would telepathically <laughs> tell each other what their answer was. Yeah. Yeah. You're, see, that's... A, whatever, man. This I, I, don't, I don't want this to sound like elitist or whatever, but... Music is a language, right? It is unto sure. itself because it it's like you can't... You could, yeah, sure, you can transcribe it, right? But it's just symbols on a page. Like, music is like what you hear, what you feel, the vibrations, right? All of that stuff is wild, man. And, mm-hmm. and the fact that you could... Like, you talking about live music um, and, and or just the fact that it's like, all right, well, what are we playing tonight, boys? I don't know. Let's just, let's just go and see what happens. Like, being able to play with musicians who could just plug in and just hit the ground and take off and like we don't know what we're doing but we're just gonna play is the best mm-hmm. it's the best because you're just like yeah you're like freestyling you're just like vibing you're riffing it's like you know people who play ball who do crazy <laughs> stuff on the court you know like you're just you're you're flowing in whatever is like within your nature to do and being able to express that with people who are riding that wave at the same time it's so Alan Watts, who's one of my favorite philosophers, right? He says that music is one of the only things that you do that's not a means to an end, right? You're not like playing music to get anywhere. You're playing music to play, and like you're actually playing, right? When you're playing music, but also the power of music. I'm I'm, I'm always amazed. Like the other night, we had Valentine's Day with um, Mary and Teresa and I. And we started singing out Alanis Morissette, a song I have not heard since the 90s, honestly. And you, I didn't miss a beat. It was like, yeah. I, we almost remembered every single what, word. Song, was it? No, 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 no quick sample. No, 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 no. What song it's was it? Hand in My Pocket. Oh, I love Hand in My Pocket. Alanis Morissette is, is hit, though. It's She's true. so cool. Yeah, when we were singing at the top of our lungs. And what I'm amazed at is the recall that you can... You can yeah, use with music. I when I was in college, I used to make up like stories and jingles and stuff to like memorize <laughs> formulas, and it always worked. Mm, powerful so, thing. Mm-hmm. Music is a powerful <laughs> thing. <laughs> That's amazing. So should we dive into unk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unk. Okay. So I mentioned earlier, I have. I'm um, <clears throat> I'm in my third career, so I have three distinct lives. And they all work in conjunction. So in my recording studio, I'm unk. And the reason I'm unk is because there was a 1950s comedian, Milton Burrow, Uncle Milty. And I'm born in the 60s, so kids in school called me uncle. And I didn't like it. <laughs> it, was, it was a terrible nickname. I hated it. Like, oh, Uncle Milty. Uncle Milty. I'm like, Anyway, <laughs> I'm not that old, you guys. You, the thing about a nickname is you can't give yourself one. Yeah. Yeah. It's what people that's, call you. And they continue to call you that whether you like it or not. So it's stuck. Uh, and it became kind of cool in my studio because I'm the elder in my studio. My guys are, I have guys, like right now I just got a new student back. Um, I, I used to record her, her, her father. So her father's, I want to say he's 32 or 33. And... He's like, yeah, dude, you recorded me when I was 16. I was like, wow, really? So, yeah, he said, I came with my cousin. My cousin brought me into your recording studio. So now he's a grown man with a daughter who's brought his daughter to my martial arts school. So I'm unk in that sense that these guys, they always knew they could come to talk to me. Um, some guys have crashed on my floors. 
you know, stayed over in the recording studios. Guys have gotten, guys have gone two situations. Guys have gotten locked up for years, got out, and my number didn't change, so they called me. And guys have gone into the service and armed forces and got out, and my number didn't change. My Actually, the number I have now, the number you guys call, I've had since 83. Whoa. So, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so it used to be a landline. Um, it used to be a landline, and, and you know, back when they first, when they very, very first allowed you to start taking your number with you, I got mine. So that's that's a house number, actually. Yeah, it was wow. it was a, it was a phone in my home. You hear that, kids? So yeah, yeah right. I'm warning a landline. That is insane. <laughs> I would pay some serious money to be able to like jack my landline number from when I was a kid. Still remember it? Oh yeah. How yeah. much money? I mean, really? Yeah, I'd give, I'd pay like a hundred bucks for it. That's like, that's <laughs> that's upwards of one hundred dollars. You could buy like eight domains for that much money. <laughs> yeah. So you know, for for that reason, I'm unk is in that I have that relationship with my guys long long after I've recorded them, long after they've grown up and had their own families. I've run into them and I'm still unk. Um, and then. I'm on, on in a whole nother life. I'm Reverend White because I'm I'm an ordained pastor or priest, um, co, co helping to co-pastor a church um, periodically. So I have that life, uh, and then I'm Sensei, and I I'm a 28 year martial artist that that started martial arts because I wanted my daughter to stay in it. She I got my daughter in it. She was six at the time, and I wanted her to stay in martial arts, and she didn't like it. So I said I asked permission from the instructor if I can get into kids class. So he said yes. And in fact, it was a husband and wife team, and he only trained police officers. And she trained the kids. She was a third degree black belt, and she was bad. She was real bad. <laughs> I was 31. Wait, wait, wait. Bad, like she, she's horrible. Bad as good. really, really good, really okay, super okay. nice, bad, as in capital B, bad. <laughs> like she could whip your butt kind of bad? <laughs> like she was really good at martial arts. Like How a third degree black belt. She's a third degree, okay. a real legit. What is, okay, so. How many for, degrees for, are there? What, okay. what, what does that Sorry. mean, Okay, so in, 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 in um, tradition, um, a gentleman named Kano Jagoro, uh, trained in a martial art that was deadly. He wanted that that to be calmed down and become a an Olympic sport. So he developed judo. Yeah. J a do is is way. And whenever you see the do at the end of something, it means way. The ju is actually soft. So he developed a soft way of doing martial arts. That's, That's what, what ju judo says. judo is. So what you're supposed to do is throw your man down to the ground, but not really hurt him. Su submit him there. So that was what he developed. He's also the person that came up with the belt system. So he, he knew, he, in, in Asia, there was no belt system. Mm -hmm. He developed this belt system for the Western world because he knew we needed to see our rank. We needed to see our <laughs> rank. Oh Look, he, he, he nice. wanted this to become an Olympic sport, and he, he knew what Westerners needed. Yeah. We need accolades. Yeah. We need a pat on the back. I need, to, I need peer pressure. I need yeah. to see what rank are you, and ooh, I'm higher. So he developed the belt system. The belts are seven. There's white, yellow, orange, green, purple, brown, and black. That's the traditional belt system. Since then, other martial arts forms um, have changed this. Some people use a red one for the purple one. Some people use a blue one for the green one. But Kano Jigoro, the gentleman that developed it, it's white, yellow, orange, green, purple, brown, and black. When you get your black belt, no, no, let me rewind. When you if? get a white belt, it comes, <laughs> yeah, it comes yeah. with four stripes on it. Kano Jigoro said that these are not promotions. They are, they are steps that you must take. And so your promotion comes when you re remove one of them. 
So when you have three stripes, you're th that much closer to your next color. You have two stripes. You get one. That stripe is the color of your next belt, which is yellow. So on a white belt, it's a yellow stripe. That one stripe is the highest honor you can be in a white belt. And then you remove that stripe, and you get a yellow belt, and it has four orange stripes on it. And you keep progressing. Mm. Now, when How do you, you get remove a, a stripe? So, you, so the four stripes, the removal of the stripe is actually a promotion. But in a black belt, your black belt comes with one stripe on it. You are a first degree or first don, D-A-N. You're a first don black belt. And then they add stripes to it. So normally, oh, um, yes, so, so as a second degree is higher than a, and a third degree is higher and a fourth degree is higher. And I'm a fifth degree. And after 28 years in martial arts, I've attained a level of fifth degree. The way you get them is um, some governing body or your instructor, you have to go back every three or four years and test with them again. Um, and if you're, the, 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 the criteria or prerequisite would be you have to continue training. You, by then you should have your own students. You should have maintained um, a level of honor and respect in the community. You know, there's a bunch of things that mm. your either this governing body or your instructor is going to want to see since the last time I saw you. Yeah. You know, what did you do with your life? Mm -hmm. You know, well, let, let me meet your students, things like that. Um, so I've, I've attained, I, I got my belt in seven years. I've had it, I got it in 99, my black belt. I got two of them, actually, because I trained in two different martial arts simultaneously. So I have one in stand-up fighting and I have one in ground fighting, which are different things. And then um, in the first, in the ground one, I've, I haven't gone any further than the first degree, but I, got five, I have five, five levels in the stand-up one. Wow. So it's, 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 it's quite an honor, but it's still really just a piece of clothing. Because yeah. if you don't walk that, that, you know, if you don't do those things, if you don't, you know, relay those, those things to your, your students, um, you can tell whether a good instructor is good by their disciples, not by because he tells you he's a bad man, you know, but he has, he has students, he has disciples, and that's how you can tell who that person really is. So that's where I'm at in my martial arts. So that's, that's who Sensei Wei is. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. That is beautiful. <laughs> uh, this is going to sound really cheesy, but what you were talking about, I'm a visual guy, so I'm going to bring this back to music, watch. <laughs> you were talking about uh, how in the, for the sake of this conversation, the lower ranks, the non-black belts, right? You're removing stripes, but then as you uh, get to black belt and above, you're adding stripes, right? Degrees, so... In my mind, I pictured the fader, right? Where zero, like on the game, or like the fader is like zero dB, and then you're plus or minus. And so, I see right. so, so what I, what I pictured in my mind was like, okay, we're way down on the fader, way down here, we're going upwards towards black. Once you get to zero, you're plus one, plus two, plus three. So you're adding instead of. That's pretty nice. Sorry, guys. I'll switch it off, you guys. I can see it. <laughs> yeah, thank so you. Picture this analogy. Bruce Lee said that we're constantly trying to attain perfection by adding things on to what we have. But he said what we should realize is that we're already this block of stone that needs to be chipped into this shape and format, format, um, formed into whatever we actually are. Everything that we need to grow, we actually have already. So he said we should be chipping things away, Amazing. not adding things. Amazing. So that's what the stripes do. As you take one away, you're getting closer to your to the perfection you're seeking. Wow, you're Man, refining. refining. Exactly, your exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. It ties into uh, something I was I was listening. I haven't finished, but uh, Elon Musk was on the Joe Rogan podcast recently again. 
Did he smoke a doobie this time? No, I, I don't think yeah. so. No. <laughs> <laughs> they got him into trouble last time. But he said something like, because, you know, Joe Rogan occasionally will dabble in, like, crazy, whatever, cosmic mm-hmm. stuff. And then uh, he, 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 I'm going to paraphrase, but basically Joe Rogan asked Elon Musk something like, you know, hey, what's, what's the universe? Or, like, what's the meaning of life, this, that, and the other? Joe Rogan's basically saying, like, the universe is the answer to which we haven't asked the right question of, right? So, like, in other words, the answer is the universe. We just haven't figured out the right question to ask the universe about what is the meaning of life, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, we're just trying all these different things, trying to understand meaning, trying to understand life, trying to understand relationships. And I just thought that was such a great way to... Mm. I, I personally haven't heard that. I'm like, that's actually a great way to... <laughs> okay, so here's the universe. Now what, right? So, like, what are we doing here? Ah, uh, gosh, who said... I think it was... Um... Oh, was that Christian author who wrote all the books? Oh, that guy, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, you know the guy with the... with the Johnson. No. Ew. Alan Heck Fick. no. Gross. Paul. I'm talking an actual, like, <laughs> talented <laughs> author. Charles Stanley? No, no, no. Um, no, no, no. Uh, he's already died. Um, he wrote The Great Divorce, and he wrote... Um, oh, yeah, C.S. Oh. Lewis. C.S. Yeah, Lewis. Thank you. Oh. So, oh, good job. I, I, yeah, yeah, Narnia. <laughs> Narnia. 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 So, so, he says something similar, and, I, and I'm going to totally butcher it, but he said something like, um, in, in reference to heaven, and obviously, like, heaven is this abstract thing, like, what is, like, mostly related to, like, where you go if you're a good person after you die, but... Heaven is a is a is a song you can't remember, but you know the lines to, hmm, wow. right? That's, yeah, yeah but it's a song you can't remember. Or it's a it's that? a vacation <laughs> you haven't gone to, but you long for, right? That you've already been there, but you can't return to, or something. Um, and then, of course, it takes you down to like that idea of I don't know if you guys seen Soul. Have you seen Soul? Yes. I so Oh, it's I so great. good. Oh but that place, that place that like, when he's talking about like that place where you're vibing, when you're yes, in the yes, zone. Yeah. But you're in another dimension. You're in another dimension, but the idea that you are, that you come from there. Yeah. It's not that like, oh, I got to be a good person to then go there. It's like, no, 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 you're going to go back there. You're that's here where you for, came from. yeah, that's where you came yeah. from. So like, then the question is then. What did I came? What did I come here to do? Like what's? I've known Milton, take it away. I've known, I've known you since before you were born. Yeah. yeah. That's what the scripture says. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, way before I knew your your grandparents, I knew your parents, I knew you be- mm-hmm. way before you were born. So you get to come back from to where you. I already knew you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I see I, what helps me with religion is that I like to look at heaven as a place I get to live in now if I'm good. I don't, I don't know what's mm. going to happen after this. Wow. So I'm trying to make heaven what's, what I'm in right now heaven so I can earth. enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, heaven for me is, is family and friends and, and doing the right thing, feeling good after, you know, after doing something. You go, man, I, I did all right with that. You know, that's what it is to me. So mm-hmm. it's not a place I'm going to go. It's a place I'm in. Mm. That's, how I, that's how I live every day. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's well, it's kind of like we make the, you know, like what... Yeah, you make heaven on heaven earth. Is what you make it. You, well, yeah. All right, so like you almost like nest yourself, right? Like so, like when you, like you're gonna have a kid, you set up a room for them to stay in. You know, you're making your bed that you sleep in here on earth, and it, it brings forth the fruit that you like, kind of fill and work for. So if you're setting yourself up for like, 
You know, like I mean, so I just don't think everybody has that perspective, right? Well, I think some people are totally. so trapped in like their own issues that they <clears throat> don't realize they have the power to actually create heaven on. All right, everybody listening, you have the power. <laughs> Repeat after me. I have the power. <laughs> I'm sorry, you've been very and thank quiet. thank you, listeners. Anything you want to add to uh, heaven or martial arts? It or? wasn't until your birthday that I realized you were Unk, who Mary had told me about a really long time ago. Mm. <laughs> Oh, that's Unk? Yeah. We probably can't find anything by Unk on Spotify. Yeah. So for me, um, I only hear Unk when it's music. So, you know, I know when people call and they answer, like when I answer the phone, I know know who they are by how they refer to me. (laughs) 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 So funny story, we were actually having uh, an outdoor dinner, a small event during the summer and shout out to Adam Gomez who came to the dinner he starts talking to Milton and he's like wait a minute you're unk I remember you (laughs) (laughs) and that's where Mary and I found out the whole the whole unk yeah so I've recorded lots and lots of people Um, in fact I didn't build I built a very 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 professional recording studio, digital recording studio. I, I, what we did was we had a two-family house at the time. We took the whole first floor, and we took two bedrooms. We took the wall down between those two bedrooms, made a huge room, and made that the control room with the, the speakers and, and the big board and everything. It is the impressive part. And then we took the kitchen, and we took the refrigerator and the, and the stove out and put couches in there instead. And then we took the pantry, because it's an old house here in Springfield, and we made that the vocal booth. And then the living room, we took everything out of the living room except the station to make beats on. So it had drum machines and all kinds of equipment and stuff just to make wow. beats. And uh, so the whole first floor of this house was dedicated to wow. my recording studio. And I did literally, no exaggeration, did that for two people, me and my brother. Wow. That was it. And we weren't going to tell anyone. Like martial artists, we were going to keep it to ourselves <laughs> until we needed it to defend ourselves. <laughs> but... A good friend of ours who we invited in, he used to be my brother's DJ when they were in a, in a hip-hop band, I'm sorry, a rap group. This guy used to be the DJ. He's now a, a, a phone repairman, and he repairs this guy's phone in this apartment, and this guy has a beautiful studio, keyboards and drum machine and everything in the corner of this living room in an apartment. And he's like, oh, man, that's nice. He's like, yeah. And this guy already has stuff on the radio, local radio, stick. He's like, oh yeah, I already got stuff on the radio. Like, oh, you got to meet Unk, man. Unk would love you. You got to meet him. So he comes back and tells me, you got to meet this guy. This guy's doing a lot. He's doing it in the corner of his his apartment. You you would really like him. I'm like, oh. all right, invite him over. So he invited him over, and this guy has like six people underneath him. He's got a couple of rappers. He got a couple of singers. Uh, he makes all the beats. He's the manager of all these people, and he's like, dude. I need I need to have like a dedicated recording studio. This is perfect. What do you what do you charge? Yeah. Uh, not really what I built it for. I built it for me and my brothers. Like, dude, what do you charge? <laughs> so I threw a number at him, and he was like, "Cool. When can we start?" Now I'm unk. You literally stumbled <laughs> onto now like because he went and told somebody, and they went and told somebody, and they went and told somebody, and they went and told somebody, and, told somebody, and then twenty like, years later, you yeah, stumbled on was, this like. 
Local, like, little Dr. Dre and Stick. <laughs> <laughs> and the it's rest is history. Mm -hmm. So, one question. What do you remember about being in Springfield in the 90s? Um, what, kind of, what kind of world was that? In the 90s. See, the, the, I don't, there's nothing significant that I can say a decade, you know, ooh, in that decade, I don't, I don't know. I can't, the things that were, that are significant for me growing up in Springfield is I graduated in 1979. I know that date. So I know what music I was listening to. Somebody asked me the other, yesterday, I think it was, if you had to listen to one decade of music, what decade would it be? And for me, it would be the 80s. Heck yeah. Yeah. So for me, that was just yesterday somebody asked me that. And they were like, 80s, why? So because well, I graduated in 79. I really started my record collection just before that. So the 80s, that block of music, I really was into whoever was on the radio. In the 90s, uh, I don't... Yeah. yeah. I was recording people in the 90s. You know, I was in a recording studio listening to, to um, original music. Mm -hmm. Guys were coming in with fresh beats. I wasn't listening to the radio, mm -hmm. and I wasn't buying records, so uh, there's no, so I can't even tell you what that block of 90s means to me. Um, not to change the subject, but I, I remember 9-11. Um, mm -hmm. I remember that. So we're talking the 2000s, 2001. but in the, all of the mm -hmm. 2000s, there's nothing significant. I can't take something out of that except 9-11. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like Springfield has changed at all since the 90s? Springfield, um, how has it changed? Nope. I don't see a whole bunch changing in Springfield for, and again, for me, I grew up here as a kid. So I grew up in a neighborhood in the 16 acres where there was tons of kids. Mm -hmm. When I go back into that neighborhood, I don't see tons of kids playing outside. I don't see kids riding their bikes. I don't see kids playing basketball. So I don't see that. But those kids are somewhere mm -hmm. and they're probably social, socializing online, but they're still doing stuff together. But you just don't see it. Because they're not at a park or they're not out in the street. They're, so that changed. But Where in 16 Acres did you grow up? I'm sorry? Where in 16 Acres? I grew up off of Bradley Road. I grew up mm. on Cheyenne Road, which is next to Cherokee. Okay. And I went to a little um, um, elementary school. It was, it was called Greenaway. And now it's called Frank Friedman, Frank H. Friedman School. And then I went to Duggan, which was J Duggan mm -hmm. Junior High. Yeah. It's now Duggan High School. And yeah. then I graduated at Commerce. So those are the three schools I went to. I grew up in 16 Acres, too. Yeah. It's so funny, like, to hear you talk about your Springfield and my Springfield is, like, it seems like, well, because you're a little older, just a little, just a couple of years. But, like, I was just in a completely different place, like, in the 90s, I was, like, a teenager. You know, like, mm -hmm. just, off. Yeah. Aww. A teenager, yeah. you yeah. were, like, a serious and adult, like, yeah. doing serious stuff. So... All right, so for me, in, in, in I, I, because I've only had, I think I've only worked four jobs in my life. I started at, when I was 16, I, was, I, I had McDonald's. I did that for two years, and I did. The one on Allen Street? The, no, the one on Boston Road across oh. from Coles. Oh. Yeah, that was my first job at 16. Um, commercial break. I love throwing these little commercial breaks in there. There was a good friend of mine, Royce Balknight, who's still a very good friend of mine. Uh, he's a couple of years older than me, and he said, oh, so it's your first job? And I said, yeah. He said, really, you want to save money? I said, yes. He said, don't ever spend your change. I don't care if you have exact change when they ask you. Don't. Give them a, give them a bill and make them break it. And then take that change and go throw it somewhere. And then when it, that jar gets full, you're going to take that and you go put it somewhere and you save it because you don't need it. You saved it, you know, so go put it somewhere. 
So now I'm, I just turned 60, and I've never spent my change Whoa. since I was 16. Oh, my goodness. That was your 60th birthday? Like a, last like Thursday. Last... La yeah, last Thursday what? was my 60th birthday. So if you see Milton, you would not no, guess. No, 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 60. But we should have thrown you a huge party. I know. Did you have a huge party somewhere in one of your lives? Nobody's a huge party. Unk, oh my goodness, Unk was a party guy. Yeah, and I'm not talking about nightclubs. I, I never. I'm. I'm a very. Um, I'm. I'm a. Um, I want. I think it's. I think the term is omnivert because I can be an extrovert and a and an introvert in the same body. Um, oh, I can be the brilliant. life of the party, and I can definitely be a person that is in the corner. And oh, I'm. Oh. I'm a chameleon. The, the logo that I use for my, my recording studio is a chameleon. I'm the white chameleon. So it's it's a catch-22 or, or um, a, a conundrum in that he's white. There's no and white he's chameleon. colorful at the yeah. same time. Yeah. So I actually, my logo was this diesel. I had this friend of mine draw me this this chameleon with muscles a and everything. A veiled chameleon? And his, his body starts off where half of his body is white, and then it starts to get color, and his whole rainbow, his whole tail is rainbow. That's me. That, that really describes who I am, because... Sometimes people will go, yeah, Unc was here. And if, Unc wasn't here. Was yeah, Unc was here. He sat right over there in that corner. He was here. And then other days, it'd be like, yo, did you see Unc? He was all the way live last night. Oh, my God. What got into Unc? I can be both of those people. So, yeah, it's funny that, that yeah. the studio was, it was, I don't know who you have for guests, but my studio the recording studio just naturally stays cloudy, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Okay, all right. Hey, wait, 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 wait. My what studio are you was, talking about? My studio was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know what you're exactly. talking about. Exactly. Can you, can, you can you be more specific? <laughs> what brand are we talking? The brand we're talking are Backwoods. Okay. So, yeah, it was it was one of those. Not, not a big drinking community, you know. not For me, it was, the smoke was... Mm -hmm was ever present in a recording mm -hmm. studio. That was Unk. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, did Unk ever bump into Reverend <laughs> They bump heads. Yeah, they bump they bump all right. And Sensei Sensei White has kicked both of their butts. Too. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This is it's it's something. It's not like not like the movie Split because I, I still haven't seen that movie. But oh, so yo, good. it's so yeah. Good. Yeah, oh, I bet. Man. I keep hitting my daughters. My daughters went and saw it. And they're like, Dad, you got to see that movie. Cause I like uh, M Night Shyamalan anyway. I like him. I like he's so weird. I like his style. But I haven't seen that movie. That's but it's not, it's not oh like that. Oh my gosh, he should. I don't know if he won an Oscar, but he should have because um, he played like twelve different characters. Oh, is it someone who had like disassociative disorder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes, the twist. Yes. It's called disassociative disorder now, guys. It's not split personality. <laughs> well, split is part of a trilogy of movies, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Unbreakable. All right, Milton. Did you see Lady in the Water? I did not. Oh, that's my nope. favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie. Oh. Nope, I have not Signs. seen it. Come on. No way, Lady in the Water. I know nobody likes that movie. That's the one. It got terrible like ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, the pool in the apartment. It's a great story. Uh, yeah, it's great. He's it's the maintenance so man, and there's all these characters. I love it. I just right. I hope it's a mermaid it. in a pool. It's not a mermaid. <laughs> She's not a mermaid. She comes from a different world. Does she look like a mermaid? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. She doesn't have a fin. Does she look like a sea person? No. She, she looks like an actual... Oh, my goodness. Yes, she can breathe under water. She actually comes <laughs> from a cave under the pool. It's really cool. That's you guys need to watch live. it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember 
show on Lifetime real quick. Not Lifetime, but... Unsolved yeah. Mysteries? No, it was the... Dis- What's that channel? CW? With all the- Oh, what was the show channel. though? What was the show? Animal? It was a show. You know the the channel that does My 600 Pound Life or something? TLC. TLC. TLC, yeah. yes. And they had like a show about mermaids. No, no. It was, it was a sci-fi story. channel. It was a sci-fi uh, channel. That <laughs> sounds more like sci-fi. I remember <laughs> that show. It was when mockumentaries came out. Like <laughs> When you were like, is this real? The one like Spinal Tap? Remember Spinal Tap? No. Great mockumentary. Great mockumentary. One of the best. They were like they interviewed actual people. But it was like, like an I've seen a mermaid. I've seen one. And uh-huh. it looks like a seal, and it's in a container. No, this was an actual mermaid. They're real. They're Speaking real. Speaking of good shows, okay. I saw um, the Devil Next Door about right. Ivan no. the Terrible. Wait, wait, wait. The, oh, the Devil wait, Next Door. Ivan the Devil the Next Door. So Ivan the Terrible was one of the oh, gas yeah. chamber operators in Treblinki in Poland, one of the death camps what during World War II. We didn't watch it yet. What's the one that we're thinking about? The Devil Inside. No, it's an actual movie. <laughs> oh, this is Sorry. a documentary. Or Got like it. a... No, no, no. I know. It was just when you said the devil, whatever. It, I, I thought, thought I was thinking the same yeah. thing. It. it made me cry, honestly. I was so moved by the whole story of like mistaken identity. So this guy... They take this retired auto worker and and t- and and accuse him of being Ivan the Terrible. This guy who was like, no, it's not a spoiler. <laughs> but he it's, is, isn't he? So that's the thing. You have to watch all six episodes of this show, right? Where and, and in the end, you're like, I, I have no idea. I have no idea if he was actually a mistaken identity or if he was Ivan the Terrible. I don't know. You don't, you just don't know at the end. You're like, there's so much, like, ah, uh, it's, yeah. It yeah, I cried. It was good. Like, it was really confusion. good. Contradiction. Like, I don't want to tell you. Don't you don't actually know if it's him or not. Well, it's like you watch one episode and you're like, okay, it's definitely not him. And then you watch another one. Oh, it's totally him. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one, you're like, no, 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 it can't be. It can't. And then you're like, oh, wait, but maybe it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, the whole six episodes, you're like, I, I See, man, I want to write something that's that good. Yeah. It's like, I can't stop watching this. It's real life. You have to write about real life. No, but like in a compelling manner that keeps you coming back. Gotcha. Because I've seen boring documentaries where I'm like five minutes in and I'm like, I'm about to fall asleep. Like they have to grab you. Storytelling is storytelling. It's an art, yes. Yes. So six degree black belt, have you ever killed anyone? Six degree. I'm sorry. Great segue. Great segue. Yeah, I know, right? Bring it back. Um, no. Well, you have to think Off about the record. It. No. He's winking. He's winking. Off the record. No. So this, like, is, this is one of my favorite questions to answer in my school, because I ask it all of the time. Mm. And um, I specialize in teaching youth and, and women, basically. So there's we don't have that fight club male in my group. Um, we only have a couple of males and left, anyway. Because um, I beat them up. <laughs> but the women and children is what I do. I, I specialize in them. And my question is always, so after 28 years of martial arts, how many fights have I been in? And I've heard 100, and I look, give them a face, and they're like, it's got to be at least 50, you know. But it's been none. I've been in no fights, no screaming matches, no altercations, no cutting my eyes at someone, roll, you know, rolling my eyes or looking out the side of my neck. I avoid fighting at all costs. I don't blow my horn. People can cut me off all they want. I will not blow my horn. Because I have no idea if you're just getting away from killing someone yourself. 
and now I blow my horn and you want to follow me to work. Um, <laughs> it just isn't worth it. Um, on top of that, just to be real, I, I, I teach a form of self-defense that I try to keep as real as possible. It's very difficult to do um, and not get hurt. On the school that I came up in, we got hurt all the time. I can't do that to my students, and people won't stay. People kids. just people just won't accept that anymore. Yeah. You know, I got to go to work the next day, okay? I can't go to black eye and a freaking <laughs> sprained wrist, okay, sensei? Really? So I take better care of my students, but I still had to find a program that trains them as real, as close to real as we can get. And so um, just to give you an example, you, you start off with a white belt. In order to get a yellow belt, you have to go against two opponents for two minutes, full contact. In order to get an orange belt in my school, you have to get, go against three opponents. A green belt is four. A purple belt can be five. Um, I, have, I have one purple belt right now, and his choice was you can go for, because a green belt is four opponents for two minutes. At the same time? Yes, simultaneously. And they're Whoa! Trying, <laughs> they're to, I thought it was one trying after to knock the other. out, yes. In, in our one school, in our school, in my, my test in my school would this be... next level? You better come earn this. ...would be me going against all of you for me to get my next belt. Yeah, that's what, that's what our school does. Well, do you want it? Right, so I don't know how, <laughs> no, the question is, do you want it? Oh! <laughs> No. Nope. Nope. All right, that was that was Unk. That was Unk. See how Unk? See, I fit Unk in here. All right, so so we have developed a program that gets them. It takes a year. It generally takes a year to train you to go to the next level. So if everything goes in according to plan, every quarter I'll be able to take one of those stripes off. You know, three to four months, mm -hmm. I should be able to take that stripe off. You get down to that one, your next goal is multiple opponents. So my purple belt, I have one purple belt. I want to say he's 16 now. I've had him for seven years. And really, realistically, he could be higher, but we, he's had injuries and things have happened. But either way, to get his purple belt, because he went four opponents for two minutes for his green belt, I said, you can go for three minutes against those same four, four people for your purple belt, or you can go for two minutes against me. Oh! And he took the four. <laughs> he, he took the four people. So I'm, a, I'm visualizing, like, you know that scene in The Matrix where Neo is with Morpheus and they're training, in, yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. like, jiu-jitsu? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to learn jiu-jitsu, you know? Yeah. And then they, like, you know, and, and you see yeah, how he's, he's like, faster, faster. You think that's air you're breathing? That's what I picture, like, when it's, people it's, going it's, against. Yeah, yeah. So I have Springfield police officers I train. Um, I'm very confident that what I, what I teach really does work. We've been, I'm, I have no problem taking lessons from my students if they come in and say, since I saw da-da-da, I think it's going to work. I go, well, let's look, look it over, let's see if it'll work. Um, we, we apply it. We, we go on the floor and we actually try to do it to each other and see if we can combat it, see if we can disable it somehow. So we, it's been 20 plus years of wow. that. Again, rolling back to the fact that I started when I was 31. And I was teaching, I was taking class in a kid's class. My instructor actually put me to work right away. So you're a grown man, you're going to help me teach these yeah. kids. So actually I've been teaching for all of those 28, wow. you know, because I was in a kid's class and they utilized me. So I, we've put together a program that really, really works. The first line of self-defense in, in a war, you have a line that has to face the enemy first. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's the first thing we're going to do. In my school, the first line of self-defense is avoidance. 
every fight that you avoid, you have successfully defended yourself from. Mm. Yeah. I, you, you, you see it over there and you're like, yeah, I'm just going to go this way. Or, you know what, if I say this, they're going to have to say that, and they're gonna, then I'm going to have to, and it's going to escalate. Eh. I had a moment so like that today. It's avoidance. It's always, 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 always avoidance. All right? And I have a black belt in avoidance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The second line of self-defense is de-escalation. Sometimes it jumps off, you know, you're in a place and somebody mistakes you for someone else and they're looking at you and they've just been looking at you and you're like, this dude keeps looking at me. I'm going to say something. What? What are you doing? That's not de-escalation. That's escalation. Now they got to, why are you staring at me? That's escalation. So if it comes up out of nowhere, you know, someone bumps into you or they make a face, it's like, dude, hey, you know, no problem, my bad. That's de-escalation. You know, if it jumps up, you have to calm it back down again. You have to talk yourself off the ledge. You have to, you know, calm everybody to a place where we can all either, I'll leave. You can have this whole place to yourself. I will leave. All right. So I have a brown belt in de-escalation. Because if you make me get to brown belt, I'm not going to make black belt in de-escalation. Because the third step is hand-to-hand -hand combat. And I have multiple black belts in that. So for me... Again, I'm sorry, the reason I started that conversation is because keeping it as real as possible, I also have to train you that if you use what I teach you to use, that person is probably going to go to the hospital. Oh. Their only recourse is going to be to sue you. Ooh. Yeah, and so now you can, you can say, they, I was defending myself and they attacked me or they robbed me or they did something to me. You still have to, in the end, justify why you did what you did to them. Mm -hmm. So what I teach is quick. This minimal attack as possible. Two, maybe three things we're going to do to you. Because four, five, and six are going to be in, on film somewhere, and they're going to go see you. Didn't need have, you didn't have to do that. Right. And unfortunately, the, the DA or assistant DA gets to decide. Mm -hmm. they, they get to decide whether this is, you know, like, justified. Like, wait, well, he, he came out of nowhere and said, well, yeah, but you're, you own your own school. Maybe you started it. Right. Wow. That's how easy it can be. And teaching police officers, I get the whole inside scoop as to how they're going to come on the scene and what they're going to ask for and what they're going to say um how they're going to handle it well how they're going to write it up so that later on somebody goes oh man we gotta let's you know what we should get a get this guy in here and question him i have to teach that too that's the part martial artists don't want to talk about mm -hmm. and then you see these i could youtube a video i could show you right now there's a school right here locally and they do like eight things nine things they they put you on the ground and they break your arm and then they oh, turn geez. you over and they break the other one and then they, they dust you off a little bit and then they pick you up and they straighten you out and then they break your leg and they, you know, they just twist you and turn you and they do all of these things and I'm like, oh my God, you're going to jail. <laughs> you are, I don't care, you are going to, to jail. Standard. You are going because to you jail. Know, you're going overboard though, I think. Like, breaking one arm is enough, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, like, disarm the much. guy and that's it. <laughs> It's, it's just Wait, overkill. but can I take on, like, let's say, like, Rick? At, at, you can, here's the thing. What? Why no, are you going to pick on me? Because <laughs> you're, you're, you're the biggest guy here. <laughs> and, and absolutely. So, I'm, I, I, we pride ourselves at Northeast, I'm sorry, at New England Fit. We, we pride ourselves on teaching, some, teaching you on the first day applicable self-defense techniques. So on the first day, I'm going to teach you three things that if you don't come back, you'll still be able to use those mm. three things, um, like today, like immediately. You'll, you'll need, let me explain. All right, so let me just get in one more thing. 
Has everyone in here heard of the fight or flight yeah. Res response? Yeah, constantly on it. Okay, so there was a time when we were, would go out into the woods to hunter and be hunter-gatherers, and we might not come home because there were saber-toothed tigers that were also hunter-gatherers. Right, yep. And they might bring us home to their family. <laughs> okay, so those, that, in that environment, the, the fight-or-flight response is absolutely an accurate description of it. Something, something's going to attack me and bring me home to its family if I don't fight or if I don't run. Now, if I fight, that's proactive. That's actually doing something. And if I run, that's, that's proactive, too. I'm mm -hmm. doing something. The problem is, is that we're not hunter-gatherers anymore. And I saw a meme that said everybody wants to eat, but nobody wants to hunt. That's who we are now. We, we don't know how to protect ourselves, and we hired the police to do that. And we hired a fire to battle our fires, and we hired armies to, to fight our wars. And we don't know how to defend ourselves. And so the problem is, is now we've developed another F. It's, we don't fight, and, and we don't fly. We freeze. Mm. That's what we do. 99% of us in a real combat situation in the street is going to freeze. And I have to teach you how to unfreeze. That's what I do. So if you ask me, are there techniques that you can use against someone as big as Rick or Josue over there, I tell you, oh. Oh, absolutely. I told him I wasn't going to call him Rick. Today I met you, didn't I? <laughs> he did that. He did that. I, I Fact, told him. Make him confirm. Yeah, I said, no. I, he said, well, my real name is, and I was like, well, why don't people call you that? And he said, because nobody pronounces it right, and people forget it, and Rick is easier. And I'm like, that's not for me. I want to call you your name. So, anyway. He did say that. This is, here's the thing. If I can get you to not freeze, if he attacks you, if I can get you to not freeze, the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is poke his eye. Dang. Yeah. Go. It's the simplest, most effective technique that everyone can do. I mean, everyone. Do it with your hand. Like one finger, two fingers. Here's the thing. I teach a tiger claw, which is this. All the because fingers. now you have five fingers in, in two. Oh. What you're going to do is, is do like that. Yep. And, <laughs> and the odds, Mary, the odds are really good in your favor because there's five, five. in two. So odds are in my favor. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. I have video to back it up. Right? And then you block Yeah. There's YouTube video I, I use when I teach this lesson. I, I teach before COVID every quarter. I taught a... Um, a women's self-defense class. And a year ago, in January 2020, I had 30 women on my floor, and then COVID hit. And so mm. we weren't able to continue those every quarter like we did. But I taught them three techniques that day. And the first one was to poke that person in the eye. One, because they're not afraid of you. They get so close to you that you can do it anything, really anything <laughs> you want. It's just that you won't because you haven't been trained to breathe mm -hmm. and relax and, and, and to actually be proactive and do something. No one's taught you how to unfreeze. Mm -hmm. This is so good. When are you going to start the class? Yeah, again? I'm ready. I know, right? I'm ready. I'm in, she's in, and so are you. Yeah. Don't choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so and 20 have, of our we listeners. We can have much smaller versions of it, so let's oh, keep that really? conversation going. Yeah, okay. Because actually I have other people that have asked me also. Yeah. And so we don't need 30 people. We can have a small 10 group, 10, mm -hmm. 10 member group in my spot That's and still great. be socially yeah. distanced and be, we'd be fine. So I'm glad you said that. I definitely want Sayla to yeah. go through martial arts. So the... <laughs> the Hashtag. Let me, let me, COVID kafu. Anybody? No? <laughs> COVID kafu. All right. So let me, let me tell you this. This is one way that I know it, it works. Sorry. My grandson has two grandfathers. His other grandfather has never seen my, my dojo. Dojo is martial arts school. Yeah. His other, Tony has never seen my martial arts school. So... 
My son, my grandson Reese brings him. Tony, hey, how you doing? Me and him get along great. Hey, how's it going? He's like, oh, man, this is nice. I love what you got here. I said, oh, cool. You're going to hang out? He goes, yeah, I want to see what my grandson can do. I said, good, I got something for you. So the week before that, I was teaching an anti-abduction course to my kids. Now, my grandson is about two and a half feet tall, maybe three feet tall. So he's one of the littlest in my school, and I go all the way down to age four. So I wanted to use him to demonstrate for his grandfather, who's never seen, not, not my school, but never seen his grandson do what, what I've been teaching his grandson to do. So I said, all right, we're going to, I had my whole class laid out. I said, okay, so we're going to start back in on our anti-abduction. I said, how many of you remember what we discussed last week? And they were like, okay. And I said, all right, all right. So I saw hands up. That's great. Um, so um, I said, we're going to demonstrate now. I said, we have a guest and I want to demonstrate what we know. I said, Reese, come here. Reese is all bubbly because now he gets to show his grandfather what, he, what he's learned. I'm going to show you exactly how this happened. So I placed my grandson right here. His other grandfather is back behind us watching. I said, okay, so, I said, now Reese is a little guy. I said, somebody like me can scoop him up and pretend he's his dad or his grandfather. And if Reese doesn't say the right things or do the right things, I'll carry him right out of here. It won't matter how loud he screams. Nobody's going to pay attention because people don't care. I said, so, you never know. I said, so, if I scooped him up and I grabbed my grandson like this, and before I got another word out, he poked me in my eye. <laughs> And I had to put him down. I said, oh, my God, Reese. Oh. Yes. Oh. And he said, what, Papa? You said we're supposed to do it right away. I was, I, was demi I, was, I was moving way slower today, grandson. My God. I, was like, I, I wanted to get into that. I wanted to prepare myself. He said, no, you said we're supposed to do it right away. I've had to put him down. He put his finger like up halfway up like this into my into my and so it works. Yeah. And the moral of my story is it works. Come at me, Rick. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. so. All right, um just keeping it keeping it real, we're over an hour. Okay. Just wanna ask that that question we always ask. Rick, Rick yeah. you, you should ask yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the question is of all of the martial arts movies that you've seen, <laughs> which would you say Karate Kid Two? Top three, top three. If you could think of a most authentic that you've been like, all right, yeah, they're keeping it real. He's or really this into is, these type of movies. He's so, funny. Yeah. So I'm gonna yeah, answer sure. this question, oh, and we're gonna get to the real question. Yeah. That's not the real question. Okay. No, but here earlier when we were talking about movies we like, I I I, I always know what my top three are, and I, my my top one. Not in any particular order, but in that top three, is is three hundred. Oh, it's three hundred wow. because the the way they reenact those battles, mm -hmm. the Spartan battles, yeah, yeah, is yeah. is really really good, oh, man. really really, oh, and that's martial arts. What those guys do is a form of, of martial other. arts from from hand to hand combat mm -hmm. to weapons to formation to yeah. everything about that is martial arts. So that's like my favorite martial arts movie, although you might not consider it. I wouldn't have put that there, but that is a great movie. 300 is blazing when it comes to how they did and, and then the whole cinematography, the oh way they God. made it look yeah. like a cartoon. The whole, yeah, yeah. The whole I just so, like that yeah, movie, but the martial yeah. arts in it, people don't realize that yeah. they're the what they do in that is actually real those guys have spears not i don't hate to change the subject or keep on this one subject but those guys spears some of them were 11 feet long they had different lengths to them some of them were eight feet 
Some of them were nine feet. Some of them were 11 feet. So that if you were in the third row, you had an 11 foot one. And you could reach over two other rows to get your edit. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh my God. It was crazy. I'm a student of war. I, I study war. And not because I like it, but because my enemy does. And so I must study. Um, but anyway, now go ahead back to the real question. So, honest opinion on Cobra Kai. <laughs> That's the real thing. Hold on, hold on. I mean, how can we not? How can we not, guys? That was a great debate. That was a how great... How can we not? All right, so honest wow. opinion, I am a student of the original um, Karate Kid. So I know One and of... two or just one? Just one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. I agree. There's only one. I came after that. Uh, I even, I even like the the the, the Jaden Smith one. I, I can deal that with that one. Cool. They did a, a decent job that. for the right, time. Right. I forgot about that one. Yeah, I can, I can, I can. I like that one, it's, especially because I um I like Jackie Chan. I love Jackie Chan. Oh, he's so, so his character, no matter where he's at, is great. So I I like both of the ones. All the rest, eh. but I have not watched Cobra Kai. Uh, and here's the problem. My, my students keep telling me I would love it, especially because I'm old school and I know where it came from and I know those characters. My, my not, not problem, I guess I have, a, I have a good problem in that I don't have time yeah. to get hooked on it. I know when I watch one, mm -hmm. I got to watch all of them. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to have to set some time aside where I can do that. And you, yeah. Right now, I'm a busy man. Yeah, so, yeah, I agree. Um, all right, real question. All right, real question. What is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of life? Okay. Much easier question. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. It's a okay. Question. The short answer for me is the meaning, the meaning of life is going to be when we, each one of us, there's six of us in this room. And so there's six meanings to, of life to, in this room. And I, even if two of us both said we want to be orthodontists, you want to be a different orthodontist than I want to be. The meaning of your life is still going to be different mm -hmm, than mine. Mm -hmm. So the meaning of life for me is when each one of us knows what, why we are here. What, what am I here for? So the meaning of life for me, if you're asking me what it is, is that I've, at 60, I know why I'm here. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I know that I'm in a place, and you guys, not, not your audience has no idea really who I am, and you guys do. You know, you know a deeper understanding of what I, where I am right now in my place, but I'm in my place. Mm -hmm. I am in a place where I'm supposed to be. I'm not fighting, you know, chance or fighting uh, the, the government. I'm not fighting my family and friends. I'm not fighting finances. Uh, I, I have a very smooth road right now. Everything is, has aligned where it's not easy, but then like, I don't want easy. You know, I, I want a challenge. So I'm, in a, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I've, been, I've had this feeling probably for the last 16 years that I'm where I'm supposed to be. To me, that's the meaning of life. Because when you don't know, when people don't know what they're supposed to do, when we're kids, people ask them until, until they go to college what they want to be, and they never know. Mm -hmm. they, and they'll change from week to week. Like, what do you want to do? That was last week you said you wanted to be That's something different. So we are the same way. We, we don't know what we want to be. We, can go, we go to school, go to college to study something, like a teacher. I use teacher as an example. People want to, ooh, I want to be a teacher, and then they become teachers, and they realize, oh, my God, I can't stand kids. <laughs> why, yeah. why would I ever yeah. Yeah. want a room with 20 of them in it? Just thought te <laughs> I thought teacher would be so cool. Ask me well, how I know this, because I've had many sessions with teachers that my, 
my kids came home and said, Dad, they're mean. Why are they so mean? Because mm -hmm. they, well, they didn't, they found out they don't want to be teachers. Mm -hmm. I love being sensei. I love being sensei. I enjoy who I am. Like I said, it's a delicate balance that I don't abuse the, the power, the gift that I've been given. I, I also enjoy being reverend. Not as much. That's a whole nother story. People put you on a pedestal that I don't belong on. They, and not only that, mm. you, you expect more from me. If I say, hey, you know, hey, how you doing? I'm Reverend White. And you go, oh, Reverend White. And then later on you hear um, something come out of the side of my neck. You're like, ooh, Reverend White said that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, nah, I'm not setting myself up for that yeah. fall. I never introduce myself mm. like that, ever. Much better when you go, Mel, you never said I'm not going to say. <laughs> I'm not saying no. Unk, I like a lot. But the old Unk, Unk was that dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Unk was that dude that walked with a limp, crazy. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Unk, Unk, Unk didn't know what he was here to do yeah, yet. You know, there was, a, there was a place for him. And he's still, he's still there. He's still, you know, there's still a part of me. You know, I can pull Unk out whenever I want. But um, I like Sensei the best. I like where I'm at right now. I like uh, those three. And I am definitely still all those three. I like sensei. I like, and I like what's about to happen with music. And really, this isn't, the, the studio isn't, has nothing to do with sensei, but that's what the meaning of life is. When, you, when you're comfortable and happy with who you are today, tomorrow it might change, but right this moment, because that's all we get, you, you understand, <clears throat> there's no such thing as a past, and there's no such thing as a, pres a, a future, there's only a present. That's it, it's eternal present. Every second, and then that second is gone. That's all we get. So if you're happy now, like right now, that's what the meaning of life is. That's what I do. Mm. Mm. Oh Bravo. My well gosh. said, sir. That's, that's a wrap. Yeah. You know that's, 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 that's a wrap. Jack oh, wait. Do we howl? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we howl? Yeah. Is it something different in season two? Yeah, season two. We got to do something still. Keep it. Oh. Something different. We'll keep it. I, I think we should vote? keep it forever. All right. All right. Yeah. We can vote. We can oh, vote. This is yeah. Democrat. Democratic. Okay. Well, what's the alternative? Yeah, we we know, alternative. Do we yodel? Like, All right. Okay. Everyone who wants to keep it, raise their hand. I'm just gonna raise my hand. Okay. Okay. We're gonna. Eat. All right. All right. Milton, uh, what we do is in the count of three, we all howl. I'm sorry. We all howl. You know, okay. like wolves. Like a wolf. Yeah. Yes. My my. When I got my black belts, my instructor named me an animal. Out of 14 black belts, he's I'm the only one he gave an animal spirit, and my animal spirit is Wolverine. Oh. So you need it. And mine's a hummingbird. Wow. A Wolverine. Wolverine. Yeah. So That's all three, awesome. everybody Wolverine? What a no, yeah. no, 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 we have. That my point being, you can't Wolverine. I, but I will, <laughs> I, will, <laughs> I, will, I will howl. I will Wolverine. Okay, okay. okay. Count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Oh. I love I end before I end. Spread love, get paid. That was the plan. I took deep breath before I land It was all on fire No pressure, this is one life to live Irrational fear, and I swear it's legit They watching me dance Cameras on me cause they watching me Cameras on me cause they watching me Cameras on me cause they watching me this is my show! show.